Stu Does America. Get your Stu Does America merch for Christmas. StuDoesMerch.com. We've got anyone but Biden 24, Bidenomics Strikes Back, uh, of course, Santifa Clause. Uh, it's not a riot. It's just a mostly peaceful tree lighting. That's great stuff. You're going to love. Uh, use the code Stu10 there. You'll save 10%. Stu does merch. Com. If you're watching on YouTube, please subscribe to the channel, uh, like our videos, hit the bell for our notifications. Got some really cool stuff brewing that I think you're going to like. Uh, make sure to click that bell. Chad Prather is going to be here. He's going to talk to us about getting into the Christmas spirit in November. A little early. That's OK. Joe Biden's newest Gallup report card is out. And let's just say he's not heading for any advanced placement courses. But we start by doing Obamacare. Remember Obamacare? It's been so fun to be back in the Obamacare bubble. That's kind of where the Tea Party began. You remember everyone talking about, wait a minute, we don't want this giant government program. And then Republicans, election after election after election, would promise that it was going to be repealed and they would do something about it. And of course, they never really did anything about it, but they kept saying it for a while. And then one of the big complaints about Obamacare that everybody on the right had at the very beginning was that it was going to make health care worse. It was going to, you know, prices were going to continue to go up, that we weren't really going to save $2,500, like Obama was saying. If you wanted to keep your insurance, you weren't going to be able to keep your insurance. All that stuff was said. But one of the main things we said was, look at the patterns. Look at the patterns of the American people over a long period of time. If they get a giant program that shovels money at them, eventually it becomes part of the culture and they depend on it and they will never turn on it. It's what happens with Social Security now. It's what happens with Medicare now. It's what happens with Medicaid now. It's what happens with hundreds of different programs that people say they depend on. And, you know, even though they were seemingly getting along okay when they didn't exist, but now the government is forcing you to basically uh, extend these programs into infinity. I mean, I, you know, I, I rail against Medicare all the time, and people are like, well, Medicare, that's a very, very important program. Um, you know, it, it is in some ways uh, for some people. Um, you know, I, I would argue that people who have money to pay for insurance should, should, you know, I don't know, pay for insurance. This is America. This isn't the Soviet Union. It's not North Korea. We shouldn't have a centralized government system that blanket covers an entire age group of people from 65 up or 60 plus or whatever the number uh, you can get involved in it is. And there's obviously different, you know, varying uh, uh, qualifications there. But the bottom line is, and, and this is the same thing that goes with Social Security, which is not, you know, again, I, it, it's we all like to believe that we're putting money into some secret lockbox somewhere. And some day we open up and all of our dollars are in there and they're all dusty because they were in there from so long ago. There is, of course, no lockbox whatsoever. And the overwhelming majority of people take out more money than they put in. That's the way that the system is set up. It's set up as an entitlement program. And it's an entitlement program that is universal. So it's not even means tested. You know, people who are billionaires can get access to these programs. It makes no sense. And while everyone, you know, complains about welfare, and I complain about welfare type programs, a lot of times they're misused. They're not just for the people who are most in need. At the end of the day, a welfare system is far superior to a universal system where everyone, regardless of how much money they have, still gets government payouts. And now you look at even conservatives look at you know, programs like uh, Medicare, uh, like Social Security, and they rate them highly, even though their performance isn't all that good. They just like the idea that, wait a minute, I'm gonna, I have this, you know, this thing to fall back on from the government's going to give me free stuff. Everyone loves free stuff. And that was one of the big problems with Obamacare that conservatives had at the beginning. We've already chipped away so much at our core. 
We've already chipped away so much at what America is supposed to be. And then in comes Obamacare and lays another giant, fat piece of junk on our system, another entitlement, another massively uh, expensive program that is going to make health care worse. But considering it comes off as, quote unquote, free, people will eventually start supporting it. And that's kind of where we are now. I mean, Republican uh, politicians barely even say anymore that they want to get rid of Obamacare. Now, there are some exceptions to that. Donald Trump uh, said the other day something that makes him one of those people. He said he will renew efforts to replace Obamacare if he wins a second term. Now, I've always been a little skeptical of the repeal and replace language. It makes me uncomfortable because a replacement could just be could be almost as bad or just as bad as uh, as Obamacare is. You know, the government not being involved in everyone's health care is the much more direct uh, way to go here, especially if you happen to be a conservative and don't want the government involved in every little aspect of your life. Here's what Donald Trump said, though. This is on Truth Social. The cost of Obamacare is out of control. Plus, it's not good health care. I'm seriously looking at alternatives. We had a couple of Republican senators who campaigned for uh, six years against it and then raised their hands not to terminate it. It was a low point for the Republican Party, but we should never give up. Now, I'll argue here a little bit that Donald Trump's been running for president in some form or another, or actually is president at some form or another, since 2015. I, I don't know that like now's the time to be looking for more alternatives. I think at this point he should have his plan pretty much down. I don't know that anyone seems to be talking about this anymore, so maybe he's the only one that has a plan. I don't know. Um, we have heard some good po- policies from some of the other candidate candidates, and, and when asked, they typically will outline something that is better than the current system. But, you know, that shouldn't be a controversial thing for a Republican to say. That's kind of boilerplate, right? And without even specifics, when I mean, you're saying I'm going to come up with something better than Obamacare, I mean, that should be easy. I mean, spin a wheel, uh, you know, give, give people a bunch of lottery tickets. It's probably better than what Obamacare is doing. But the Joe Biden campaign looking desperately for anything they can do to push back against poll numbers that are getting worse and worse. And we'll get into how bad they are here in just a little bit. Biden campaign aims to weaponize Trump's threat to Obamacare. Again, this is a very boilerplate generic threat against Obamacare. I'm looking at alternatives like this is not something that should be psychotic in the American landscape, but they're going to try to make it out to be. Here is uh, Joe Biden responding to Donald Trump talking about Obamacare. And my predecessors, once again, God love him, call for cuts that could rip away health insurance for tens of millions of Americans and Medicaid. They just don't give up. But guess what? We won't let these things happen. I can't even. Are his eyes even open? It's it's amazing. Now, uh, look, you, you talk about uh, Obamacare and you have the president of the United States who looks like I mean, look, whatever. I don't know if he's on five or six different health care insurances right now. He needs more because whatever they're doing now does not seem to be working. He seems to be fading before our eyes. It's it's scary to watch. He has absolutely no energy at all. This is. Joe Biden has always been an idiot. Joe Biden has always been bad at this. But this is a different person than you saw back, you know, debating Sarah Palin or debating um, who was it? Uh, Paul Ryan in 2012 or even 2016. I mean, or, in, excuse me, 2020. I mean, it's getting worse every single day. And that's just, you know, aside from uh, if he's on Obamacare, it ain't working. I'll tell you that much. Now, what is Obamacare, actually? Is it something that the Democrats should be bragging about? Or is it something that has been a complete and total failure? Um, I don't know. I mean, anecdotally, I'm hearing a lot of bad things 
about Obamacare and, and our health care system in general. I mean, things like getting appointments, getting insurance companies to approve the, uh, the treatments that you need, um, you know, the cost of so many different from, from the medication cost to the cost of your insurance premiums keeps going up and up and up and up. I hear this from people all the time. But honestly, like it's been a while since I dove into the numbers. Right. Like it's just like it was an old story. Right? The Obamacare thing has come and gone. The debate has come and gone. No one seems to care anymore. I care. You probably care. I want a candidate who wants to get rid of Obamacare completely. Um, you want to replace it with something that's more free market? I'm fine with that, but it better actually be free market or don't replace it with anything. Just get the hell rid of it. I'm fine. I'm fine with it. I want the government out of our health care much, much more than it already is. But, you know, uh, OK, well, let's go back and look at where we actually stand. You notice that sometimes now we have a situation where cash payments for medications are actually cheaper than the payments that you pay to insurance. Like that's not supposed to be the way things are. And of course, Obamacare was set up, as they pointed out in the run up to Obamacare, as a Trojan horse to implement eventually a full single payer system. Uh, famously, uh, our friends over at a left wing uh, think tank um, uh, said famously, you know, hey, uh, a lot of people say this is a tro Trojan horse for single payer health care. It's not a Trojan horse. I'm just telling you that's what it is. We are doing that. That's what we're going for. And we will get there. This has been in the plans for a really long time. They're waiting until they have 60 senators again. And they're kind of in a Democratic wave that they can do even more to take control from you for your health care. But what about the central promise of Obamacare? Yes, it was going to, of course, cover more people and everyone was going to be happy with it. And all the, you know, the, the quality was going to go up. But the central cost, uh, the central point, of course, was cost. People were, you know, Obama would say over and over again, hey, it's not that people don't want health insurance. It's not that. It's that it's too expensive. We need to bend the cost curve. Bend the cost curve. That was said over and over and over and over again ad nauseum, uh, just constantly telling us that we were going to bend the cost curve. And it was going to save us $2,500 per family. Now, you may, I'm, I'm not exactly letting the cat out of the bag here, you may know that we didn't actually save $2,500 per family. And if you wanted to keep your health insurance, you couldn't keep your health insurance. There's a lot of things you know were a lie from that era. But have you looked at the numbers lately about what these premium costs look like? Let me give you the chart. This is a chart going back to the late 90s all the way up till today. And what you see there, to me, looks like the cost of insurance increasing at a very, very very consistent rate. Now, there's a little bit of an exception right there in the middle um, where you see it jump up sort of suddenly and keep rising at the same pace from there. You're going to be surprised to, see, to hear where what that one increase is. Of course, that was when Obamacare was signed. Obamacare passed and was signed right there, right before the increase occurred and then kept going the entire time. No point was there a $2,500 cost uh, decrease. You never got any of that. What you got was uh, a very steady increase for many, many years, then a jump up after Obamacare was passed, and then an increase from that jump up at the same pace, roughly, uh, is actually a little bit faster, but basically the same pace as we had before. It did nothing to shield families from their cost. It did nothing. Now, that is a depressing story, right? Bending the cost curve is kind of bent the other way, if anything else. Now, one uh, uh, one uh, Twitter user pointed out, and this is 
kind of fascinating. Who did benefit from this? Well, a lot of the healthcare companies did, the insurance companies. Here's what that looks like. Uh, you see um, the S&P 500 is up, uh, I don't know, 340%. Um, United Healthcare Group up 4,120%. And guess where Obamacare passed? Once again, there it is. At almost the equal point, they were, there was the same rise had occurred between the two companies. And since then, United Healthcare and many other health insurance companies have skyrocketed. Now, what about the care? What about the quality of care? Because sure, you might be paying a lot more and insurance companies are getting a lot more money for whatever they're giving you. Um, but what about the quality of care? We've been told over and over again that the quality of care would be really, really important. Maybe they, they were wrong on the cost, but the quality was much, much better. Well, there's a new study. Uh, well, it's actually not even that new. A study out. Um, now, let me introduce you to one of its authors. His name is uh, Michael Gar uh, Garuso. Uh, he's associate professor for economics at the University of Texas. Um, and uh, you're going to be happy to hear he's got a new gig. He has just been appointed to the White House Council of Economic Advisors. This is just a few weeks ago. Congratulations. Great news for uh, Mike. He's also an Obama economic advisor. And he co-authored a study on Obamacare to kind of talk about the quality. Now, there was a lot of positives. They said all these wonderful things about Obamacare, as you kind of expect from one of Obama's actual advisors and now one of Biden's economic advisors. But there was a lot more to the study, as, uh, as uh, Michael C uh, Cannon uh, pointed out for the Cato Institute. Is Obamacare harming quality? This is fascinating. And this is the study, again, co-authored by one of Biden and Obama's economic advisors. It says this, the authors found that Obamacare's pre-existing conditions coverage uh, provisions are indeed making coverage worse. The erosion in quality affects all enrollees, and it is all happening despite the risk adjustment and reinsurance programs. We are told over and over again that those programs would shield us from these types of issues. Uh, MS patients enrolled in exchange plans, for example, filed an average of $61,000 in claims. Even after risk adjustment and reinsurance subsidies, insurers still received only $47,000 per MS patient, meaning Obamacare's pre-existing conditions provisions still penalize insurers $14,000 for each MS patient they attract. So think about this from a hospital or perspective or a doctor's perspective. Wait a minute, you're, you're, you're gonna pay me $47,000 for something that costs $61,000? So I gotta eat the $14,000 of cost? And look, there's a typical left-wing reaction to this, right? We all know what it is. Screw them. Screw the hospitals. Screw the insurance companies. Screw all these healthcare companies. They're just greedy. They're just out for profits. They don't care about people. Screw them. So what? They have to pay an extra $14,000. Well, you can say that if you want, and you can hope that that turns into reality if you want. Unfortunately, the reality is much different. Insurers are responding to those perverse incentives, the authors found, by offering poor coverage of the medications demanded by these patients. So patients need these things. They intentionally give them poor coverage, all allowed under Obamacare. They're not doing anything illegal. Uh, they give them poor coverage to cushion against the undercuts in the costs that they're getting from the Obamacare payments. In other words, these uh, insurance companies are getting screwed by the Obamacare system, so they adjust so they're not getting screwed anymore. And the end of the day, who gets screwed? Well, someone always gets screwed. It's not Obama. It's not Biden. It's not Obamacare. It's not the insurance companies. It's the patient. It's the person who's most vulnerable. It's the person who can't control his own or her own health care. That's the problem. It costs more. And 
of course, in addition to that, care is actually getting worse. You go back to that chart. I mean, you go back to look at the actual numbers. I mean, back when George W. Bush took office, we were, it was like 5000 a year for a family in health care cost. And it did go up to you know, a little over 10000 um, when uh, Obamacare was passed. But after now, it's all up, all the way up well over $20,000. we are talking $22,000, $23,000 per family in a place where, you know, the average household is, what, making 60, 70 grand a year after taxes is less than that. I mean, you're talking close to half of the take-home pay, especially if you wind up putting a little bit of money away for the future, is going towards health care. How do you pay for food when it is rising in cost? How do you pay for that mortgage you just signed with an 8% interest rate? How do these things happen? This is what economists leave out over and over and over again when they're talking about the polling on uh, on Joe Biden. They keep saying, well, I don't know. Uh, inflation's down. Uh, the, I mean, it's not, in, and again, it doesn't mean the prices have come down. It means it's they are increasing at a slower rate, but still increasing. And I, everyone should be happy. Bidenomics is working. Well, it might be working on your uh, in your reports and your spreadsheets. I don't see how. I mean, I look at these numbers all the time, and I don't think they're working at all. But, you know, you can make your justifications and come up with your fake arguments as to why you think it's working on paper. But the American people realize what's happening. They're all affected by it. They have to live through this. You know, you can you can you know, you could do you, you could tell everybody it's raining when you're peeing on your leg on their leg if you want. But that's not really going to actually give you uh, uh, results when it comes to votes or polls or anything else. People are going to realize that their life is worse because of your policies. And then when you make the horrible I mean, honestly, legitimately, one of the worst political mistakes in our history. I mean, when you talk about running a campaign with some level of competence, all you have to do is recognize, gosh, guys, these these people hate the state of the economy. Let's blame Donald Trump. Let's blame COVID. Let's blame Ron DeSantis, whoever you want to blame. All the red states, they're the problems. I Come up with some justification. Don't brand it as Bidenomics. That's a terrible idea. You've now branded the worst thing that is happening to people right now. And you've branded that with your name. What are you, a moron? I think the answer to that is yes. Over and over again, the answer to that is yes. So if you're thinking about Obamacare, look, I don't, I got to be honest with you. I don't know if Donald Trump's just saying words. I mean, it makes me believe when he says I'm going to you know, look at all other alternatives to Obamacare. I don't know. Really, uh, to me, it sounds a little hollow. He obviously was president of the United States. They had control of uh, this House and the Senate. He couldn't get the senators uh, to come on board. Um, I got that. It's not all under his control. Um, but the fact that he's, you know, eight years after he's kind of entered the presidential race, still talking about looking for alternatives doesn't give me honestly that much hope. I think a lot of times, you know, he talked about term limits uh, when he was campaigning as well and did basically nothing when he was actually in office over it. You know, he, look, there's a lot to do. He did some really good things as well, of course, but I don't have that much hope that Obamacare is going away. But at least we should keep the record clean and clear on this, that Obamacare has failed. It's been bad for the country. It's been bad for people's health care. And these the next version of this, which will come along soon when they say the health care system is broken again and we'll all say, wait a minute, didn't you say you fixed it with Obamacare? And, uh, you know, we'll say it, but the media will never ask them these questions. 
And at the end of the day, the next replacement will be even worse. And we better remember that so we can try to stop it then. Because I can tell you what, there's not a lot of free market health care solutions coming from our politicians these days. There's too much money involved and people don't seem to actually care about these things anymore. No one cares about spending. No one cares about control of your own life. All they want to do is constantly figure out which ways they can be involved more in it. And to me, I'd rather go the opposite direction. Chad Prather joins us next. Now, speaking of taking control of your own health care, let me tell you about the Jace case from Jace Medical. Um, you can depend on the government if you want. You can try that. You can see how that works. You can say, hey, Obamacare will take care of me. I'll, I'll be fine. Sure, our supply chains will never break down. The government will be there for us. You know, it's like, like Ronald Reagan once said, the government is here to help you, or something like that, said Miguel Cardona. The bottom line here is that the government is not going to be around in those moments. They never are. And they never are. And the Jace case is something that you could do to push back against that. You can actually prepare yourself for the worst. If supply chains go down and you can't get an essential antibiotics that treat the most common bacterial illnesses, if you're doing that and you need uh, the basics, right? We think about antibiotics as being basic, right? Whenever we need to have uh, stuff solved. It's just they're there for us. You go to the store, you pick them up. Well, that hasn't always been the case, and it may not be the case in the future. It can be the case for you and your family, though, if you get the Jace case. Just go online, fill out a form, you get the prescription, life-saving medications delivered right to your door. JaceMedical.com. The code is STU. Uh, enter that at checkout. You get a special discount on your order. J-A-S-E Medical.com. JaceMedical.com. The code is STU. It's the Jace case from Jace Medical. I'm joined now by Chad Prather, host of The Chad Prather Show, right here on Blaze TV. Chad, welcome to the program, man. It's good to be with you, buddy. Yeah. I'm, I'm in a holiday mode. I got, my, I got my sweater on. I don't know where I got this Atlanta Braves hat from. <laughs> I feel like I just wandered off the set yeah. backstage and sat down on your show. Well, I appreciate you doing that. Um, <laughs> you know, the, the Braves, you know, they famously lost the, um, the All-Star game mm -hmm. a few years ago because, as you know, they hatefully wanted men to go to the men's bathroom and women to go to the women's bathroom. Yeah, I was shocked. And, and it, plus they were changing, that one was they were changing the laws on voting, right? Well, they were against democracy or something. Right. Now this coming year, they're getting it back. Like, did they suddenly find democracy? What, the, what's the reason the for this? Sweeping things under the rug phenomena is a, is a fascinating deal. Like, like rock stars that said you couldn't come to their concerts unless you had a COVID passport, yeah. a vaccine passport. But now the doors are wide open. So <laughs> apparently you don't need to be proving your vaccination to go to these shows anymore. They, they keep trying to tell you that COVID isn't over. Yeah. And then this happens. Like all the people that were... On the going crazy about you, know, you have to have a vaccine, you have mm -hmm. to wear a mask, you, you don't go within 25,000 feet of anyone else. <laughs> and, and now they're all the same people, the same media institutions are mocking China because they stuck with their zero COVID policy right. too long. It's like, wait, what, three weeks after you guys ended it? Like, and exactly. I feel like we're, some of these is, towns are still trying to do this stuff, masking up and all this. It's, it's not uh, It's amazing. I, we, we went down to the Houston Texans game on Sunday. And as you get to the stadium down there in, in Houston, it's amazing how many people walking up and down the street in a very wide open spot, still masked up. And, and I'm like, what are you doing? Why are, why are you doing this? I mean, that's I mean, a neurosis. At this it, point. it really is. Yeah. You know, they came out with a study um, six or seven months ago about that they have proven now that the people who have stuck with the mask phenomena um, are not happy with their looks anyway. 
And yeah. so they want to cover <laughs> half their face. I think it's an underrated part of the mask thing. I it mean, is. There was a lot of ugly people we didn't have to see. It is. And, and by and large, ugly definitely outweighs the general populace. Yeah. It's I not mean, a balanced, it's not a balanced <laughs> look. It's definitely not. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's weird because they, they keep talking about these like restrictions. They see, I mean, it still keeps making news and it's like, mm-hmm. we're all so far past it. I, 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 I'm, I've come through this weird journey on the COVID thing where <laughs> I, I, at first it was like, I would get really annoyed at people in masks, yeah. right? Like, because I'd see them and it's like, what are you doing? Especially outside. Like, there's no evidence whatsoever. This has ever done anything. I mean, even read the New York Times, they will tell you there's never been a case past outdoors except for close conversation, mm-hmm. right? Now I've kind of come to the other side of like the people who are left doing it are either just super, you know, crazy, annoying liberals that that will drive me crazy (laughs) or people with real like mental disorders that have been scared by this country and by the media into a a, a life of terror. Imagine, imagine the logic that it takes to think that I'm going to go hug my loved one through an armed plastic curtain <laughs> and I'm going to embrace them and that's going to be the affection that I feel. That was I real. Posted, I posted a picture the other day of a, of a young girl, high schoolish, middle schoolish, she's playing a flute in the band and she's wearing the mask, but the mask is cut out. There's a square around her m- mouth and nose. Yeah. And I said, don't allow yourself to be lectured by anyone that tried to justify <laughs> this type of logic. Yeah. Uh, it's just, it's insanity. It's amazing. I mean, we were going to, we couldn't have sporting events. Really, it right. was it was just here. I mean, yeah. what, uh, the, the the Texas Rangers hosted the World Series that yeah. year with like, I mean, minimal crowd. And then they were the first full um, population, for full attendance sporting event in North America mm-hmm. that next year for baseball. And then they had no pride day. I mean, like Texas, da- Dallas is doing something right. I mean, ahead I, of the curve. I, I hate the Cowboys, but the Rangers, I got to say, are doing something right. And now they're yeah. World Series champs. Yeah. Kind of nice. See, that's what happens. God shines on you. There you go. There you go. Um, <laughs> let, I want to give you another sports story. This is from Deadspin, and it's just a bizarre one. The NFL needs to spi- speak out against the Kansas City Chiefs fan in blackface and native headdress. Um, they're doubling up on the racism. Is anyone going to say anything? Roger Goodell. Now, when they say they want to, they need to speak out against the Kansas City Chiefs fan, it's a child. This yeah. is not like just some old. random fan. He's 10 years old. And they, of course, only show the part of the picture where you can only see his face that is black when they show it from the front. Here's the picture that everyone's seeing mm-hmm. now. It's black and red. He's obviously just a Chiefs fan and is putting on yeah. face paint. They tried to destroy a 10-year-old child's Life. There is no bottom for these people. Yeah, and they said, you know, what kind of parents? Well, I hope soon to be very wealthy ones. Yeah. Uh, I hope they give they give them dead spin, whoever they are, the Nick Sandman treatment on, yeah. on a deal like this. But here's a kid who's sitting, I, I know how much I spent to take five people to the Houston Texans game on Sunday. I can only imagine what in Vegas this kid, because that's where the game was played. Oh, yeah. And that was, he's at the rail, so he's got pretty good seats there. Mm-hmm. And uh, his parents spent some money for him to go down there. They got a pretty authentic headdress there. I mean, that looks like Pretty good, good feathers going there. Uh, he's in his costume. He's doing his whole thing. He's a fan. They spent a lot of money to go out and support a league that is about 70% people of color. Yeah. So, again, where's the racism? And I love the way they always do that attack where they say, where are you at, Roger Goodell? Well, I can tell you where Roger Goodell was not. He was not scanning the faces of 65,000 <laughs> people in a stadium in Las Vegas to try to pick out one 10-year-old kid who had his Face painted half black. No, he was counting his money, which yeah, is what right. he always has to be doing. Right. Uh, I mean, what does he make? Sixty million a year. I mean, <laughs> it's good, it's I, good I, if you can get it. I, I will argue, and people don't like Goodell, uh, and I can, there are reasons to to not be uh, super favorable on the guy. Yeah. But I think he's underpaid. 
This is a, a money-printing factory this guy has built. Right. It, all they do is make billions and billions and billions of dollars a year. $60 million isn't enough. No, that's it, and they, people, people look at that, and it's like $60 million doesn't go as far as it used to. Especially when you got to put up with the crap Roger Goodell's got to put up with. I know. I mean, I mean, who's drinking and driving? Who's beating their wife? Right. Who's, and that's who's, all who's your responsibility. I mean, it all comes down to, mm-hmm. and you've got to monitor every 10-year-old yeah. in Las Vegas who's sitting there in the Raiders stadium. That's I, I, a lot of pressure. This, uh, this, because, I mean, this is psychotic. Yeah. This is like a, you know, uh, someone called him a, I think uh, Bobby Burak over at, um, at Outkick called him, <laughs> uh, called the, the author a, like a cheap spinoff of, of you know the 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 ESPN level um, yeah. uh, you know crazy I mean, yeah that spins a, a trash site anyway yeah. manufactured but, outrage manufactured outrage um, but like it, it's this woke stuff that like when you're targeting a child here <laughs> like this is not like going after Ted Cruz for yeah. something he supposedly did wrong right like you know he's gonna be able to roll with this right. what is this kid's life like. Yeah, I, I agree. And I mean, if Patrick Mahomes, who is a person of color, had walked over to that edge of the stands and wanted to, the kid would have loved it. Yep. He would have had a, he would have been ecstatic. And so would Patrick Mahomes. So would Patrick right. Mahomes. He would not have been like, hey, why are you in blackface, kid? He would have been this like, is, this right, is, this a great is one fan. of those things where we keep we keep race baiting and all the other baitings that we do to try to create this thing that just doesn't exist at that level. I mean, if you're going to accuse, I mean, I don't think that if you went to the bedroom of that 10 year old kid, I don't think you're going to find a manifesto. No, like I don't think you're going to no. see his online search history is going to be KKK driven or you no, know, he's not trying to emulate David Duke or anybody like that. This is a football fan. And again, to go after a 10 year old child who was just doing his best to pull for his team and you're going to manufacture this whole cultural crisis over it. Yeah, it's just insane. where we're living. Um, speaking of all the woke stuff, you've got a new song out. Yeah. Uh, big new Christmas song. Yeah, so Based Records uh, is, is our music <laughs> label in Nashville. It's B-A-S-T-E, Based Records. We, uh-huh. we created a counterculture record label. You can't cancel us because we got money. And mm. um, it, putting out music that people enjoy without worrying about the executives out there that are so progressively woke. And Nashville is the worst of the worst. Is it really? It really is when the worst that, of the Was worst. that always like that? I mean, you've no, been in that world it, for a while. It's, it's, it's gotten progressively worse, to use the term. But, I mean, you, you look at Morgan Wallen. So they had the CMA Awards two weeks ago. Morgan Wallen, who was who is undeniably, Huge, statistically, right? numbers-wise, he was the greatest entertainer of 2023. I mean, sold out everything he did. I mean, made more money than anybody else, had more hits. They gave him zero awards because, again, he's, it's not politically correct to give Morgan Wallen that because of his history with his little, you know, mm-hmm. slip of the word there while he's outside of his house and caught on a ring camera, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. A week later, he goes to the Billboard Awards, and they give him more awards than Taylor Swift. He wins 11 to Taylor Swift's 10 Uh-oh. because he is a, he's a monolith. He's, he's massive. He's huge. In terms of his, his success. So it tells you right there that the country music industry is going to abs- absolutely punish this guy for past sense. But that's just evident of how they've become so woke. So we, we created this record label, um, and, and it, it, I say we, they did. I'm a part of it. I'm a humble to be a part of it. We got a new song out. We're about to put some stuff out in the first of the year. It's going to be a lot of fun. And when I say a lot of fun, it's going to stir the pot and trigger a lot of people. It's great, <laughs> but it's good music. Yeah. Writing it with multi-platinum songwriters out there, because they still exist in spite of the culture that they have to exist in. 
but this new song, I'd Be Jolly Too, it's, it's my typical tongue-in-cheek. It's, it's a song written by my good friend, Wynn Varbles, who's written a ton of country hits. And it basically just asks the age-old question, how is it that Santa Claus is so happy year-round? And it's like, he's got the naughty list. If he knew where all the bad girls lived, <laughs> you'd be jolly too. <laughs> you would be, wouldn't you? So it's a catchy song. It's a lot of fun, and uh, it's, it's doing well. We put it out the week before Thanksgiving. And so I think December is going to be really good for that song. Yeah, I think oh, people, yeah. it, it replaces Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas <laughs> is You. I yeah. can tell you it's much more enjoyable. But I think it's on par with an old uh, classic like Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer. Oh, yeah. I mean, Bing Crosby probably wouldn't cover this. No. Burl Ives would probably avoid it like the plague. But boy, we had a damn good time singing it. And can you get it anywhere? Spotify? Anywhere. Anywhere. It's, it's wherever. If you, if you don't want to afford any of those deals, you can even you can even hit it up on YouTube um, and you can play it right there. But we got the, the video. They, the, the record label came to me and they said, what do you want to do about a video? And I said, you know what I'd like to do? I'd like to shoot it on an iPhone camera and just edit it with like iMovie. And just is just spend no money on it. That is amazing. So I wrangled some friends up, and within three hours, I had the video shot. People can, you know, they can. I'm on Vivo on YouTube. They can do Chad Prather. I'd be jolly too. The video will come up, and it's just funny. It's incredible that you can do that now. Like you don't need yeah. a huge crew. Like don't they, need to do it's it. It's been uh, it's changed completely. Just, why? Why? Why spend twenty thousand dollars on a videographer to come out and do this stuff? I was like, you know what? It's a fun song. Let's have fun with it. Right. 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 Um, yeah. Now you said you could. Listen to it anywhere. Yep. Right. What about Canada? Will can will can can Canadians you know, still the thing about get Canada? We'll see what's going to happen because they've they've created a new commission uh, where they're actually fighting what they call systemic faithism. I love that term. Systemic. Uh, yeah, because faithism. because holidays like Christmas and Easter are actually intolerant of people of other minority faiths. Again, mm. which is their term. So they want to make sure that you know just because you want to take off that everybody else should be able to take off wherever, whenever they want. So you, from work, you know, I yeah, mean, everybody sure. should not have to go to work. I mean, that's the society we're headed that's towards. Everybody much, yeah. should sit at home and let the government pay for us. Like right? the NBA, you only have yeah. to show up like every third Exactly. Right? And okay. then when you get there, just run three quarter speed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, three quarters. Yeah. Uh, but they are actually, they've created a commission now. They've put out the memo. Um, there's always a memo. And they said, we're, we're pushing back against this intolerant faithism of Christianity as it's represented in things like... Uh, I mean, you know, when, when you got as many problems as Canada's got, um, I don't think coming after the Christ child is, should be a high priority, but here they are. I really they, is they're going after amazing. They, and that, that seems to be Canada's road. Like it, they it have chosen a path and it is a set the nativities on fire. Yeah. yeah. And <laughs> you know what? Let the chips fall where they may. I mean, systemic faithism is like not a bad definition of religion. Right? No. Like it's a system it of It really faith, should right? be how you express your yeah, faith. exactly. <laughs> Very systematically. Yeah, like, right? Like there's systems kind of around a generalized yeah. faith. That's organized religion. Like for, for a long time, for, for centuries, we have systematically celebrated Christmas on December 25th. <laughs> yes, yeah. It's amazing how those advent calendars get it right every time. Every single year. I yeah. mean, it really is amazing that they keep going down this road because it seems to get darker and darker every Christmas. You, your wife, God bless her, yeah. I, see how, I see how she decorates. Like, she's oh all out. God, I, yeah. I see the it's stuff incredible. she does on her Instagram yes. and stuff, and God bless Lisa. But mm -hmm. uh, I know what you put up with. I used to hate <laughs> Christmas. I used to hate it because really? it was just, it looked like, you know, it just looked like Santa Claus vomited all over everything. Now I've embraced Christmas because I know it pisses people like that off. Yeah. Like I, I put my trees up and I have trees. I said it plural. I have, mm -hmm. I put, I'm like Glenn Beck with this house. I put them up yeah. everywhere. I, 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 uh, I've got my trees up. I had them up the week before Thanksgiving. 
unashamedly. That's great. I'm doing Christmas. My, my Land Rover is, has Christmas lights on it. My truck has Christmas lights really? on it. Really? Yeah. I'm, it, it's the point where, like, I think the world is dark. And so you're like, <laughs> let's light this thing up with Christmas lights. <laughs> let's right? like, go, let's baby. Ch- let's change it. I, and people want the, 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 the season to be even longer. I, yeah. I, like, I love it. I'm with you. I, I, yeah. I want it to last uh, months and months and I months. I enjoy it. Um, well, so you're going to be out on tour. You're doing the show live? Yeah, I'm in, uh, I'm in the middle of nowhere. I'm in the most haunted city in Texas uh, Friday night, Yorktown, Texas. Then mm. next week I'm in Little Rock, Arkansas at the Looney Bin for a couple of nights. And then I'm going to uh, St. Cloud, Florida, just outside of Orlando. You'll be playing the new song? Ooh. No, you know, we will Friday night. Then okay. we're doing comedy. and We never know. stuff like, But we'll definitely do it Friday night. All right. Very cool. Get the song. It's on Spotify, wherever yeah. you get uh, your music and download it, or on Vivo or YouTube. Watch the video as well. Chad Prather, be sure to check out the Chad Prather Show as well right here on Blaze TV. It's part of your subscription. Check it out. Uh, Chad, thanks so much for coming on, man. Thanks for having me. Yes, we have a new low for Joe Biden, and it seems like we could do this segment every single day if we wanted to. This one comes from Gallup. Uh, The president's job approval rating remains this time at 37%. This ties his personal low, so an old low, I suppose, in that particular case. Disapproval at 49%. His uh, handling of health care is now 40%. We talked about Obamacare earlier. They're trying to tout their approach. His health care approval rating is 40%. He's trying to tout it. Ukraine, approval rating 38%. And what if I were to tell you that's the positive side of this particular arrangement? 32% approval for the economy, 32% approval of foreign uh, affairs, and 32% approval for the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. This is, uh, of course, his lowest job rating that we have seen. Um, Biden's job rating has not risen above 44% since August 2022, and it's averaged only 40% this year. Um, It is just one cataclysm after another when it comes to Joe Biden. 60% of Democrats approve of his handling of the conflict um, in, uh, uh, in the Middle East. 36% 36% of Democrats approve of Israel's military action against Hamas. Only 36%. I mean, that is revolting. By the way, I should remind you, over and over again, uh, American Jews have decided to vote for the Democratic Party, who seemingly wants them to all be murdered by Hamas. I don't, I don't know why that keeps happening, but that's a whole other situation. Uh, at the same time, no more, uh, no more than 16% of Republicans or 35% of independents approve of Biden's handling of any of the issues. Let me tell you, say that again. Okay, 16% of Republicans. I get that that's not going to be super high, but 35% of independents is your high watermark. The Democrats and the independents are begging the left to run anyone else. It's really getting that bad. And when you look at the approval, okay, you expect Republicans' approval to be low of Joe Biden. It is 5%. It's not as positive, though, with Democrats. Only 83% of Democrats approve of Joe Biden. But the independent number is 27%. Can you win an election when 27% of independents approve of you? I don't, I don't even know if it's possible. I, I, I don't know that it's possible against anyone. I mean, they could run Jeffrey Dahmer as a Republican and he'd probably win. Even, even dead, I think he might actually pull off Joe Biden, uh, a win against Joe Biden at this point. This is a catastrophe and the catastrophe, 
are piling on themselves over and over again. It's yet another new low for Joe. Hey, Joe, new low. Hey, Joe, new low. Hey, Joe, new low. Hey, Joe, please go. And if you leave the White House, please don't come to Texas. Uh, if you go somewhere, I guess you could try going to realestateagentsitrust.com, though I, I think many of them would refuse your business. Uh, realestateagentsitrust.com, look, they'll, they'll help anybody who needs to buy or sell a home, probably even Joe Biden. But I will say a lot of people who are in uh, the uh, group of realestateagentsitrust.com are people who are fans of the show, fans of Glenn Beck's, fans of The Blaze, and, and I'm going to have similar, um, uh, uh, I don't know, uh, similar, similar principles to probably you. And honestly, it, you don't have to agree with you on everything, obviously, and I'm sure many of them uh, don't. But the bottom line is they know what they're doing when it comes to real estate. They're the best agents around, and they have the best performance around. They've already been checked by the people at realestateagentsitrust.com. You can't get on the site if you're not doing the job right. It's realestateagentsitrust.com. It's a free service to you. Why go anywhere else? The name kind of says it all. realestateagentsitrust.com. It's realestateagentsitrust.com. The Blind. Yes, the true story of the Robertson family is now available for purchase on Blaze TV. You know, there's a lot of crap out there. A lot of shows that suck, a lot of movies that suck. Why not watch one that's actually good? The Blind takes you on an incredible journey through the life of Phil Robertson. Now, you may have seen this movie. It's like a legit big budget production. It's a, it's a great film. I haven't seen it yet, but I've heard great things about it. Glenn saw it, so, so it was awesome. Now, it's not a Blaze Media production. It's some big, you know, big deal. Uh, we can't include it as part of your Blaze TV Plus subscription because we don't own it. Uh, that's actually the truth. But if uh, you're going to go buy it, you can buy it from Apple, you can buy it from Amazon, you can do that if you want. But why do that when you can buy it from Blaze TV? I mean, if you love the big tech companies, maybe you want to go the other direction. But Blaze TV is doing something different, and we appreciate your support. It's blazetv.com slash theblind. It's only $19.99 right now. Blazetv.com slash theblind. Check it out. Blazetv.com slash theblind. Okay, so... Here's what happened. You know, you ever go to uh, Disneyland, uh, you go on the rides, you sometimes see some interesting things. I mean, just watching Americans walk around in, in yoga pants is interesting enough as it is. But uh, the people at Disneyland saw a little bit extra la uh, the other day. Uh, Disneyland Park guest gets arrested after stripping off his clothes on It's a Small World ride. We unfortunately have some video of that. and. Here it is, although it's been edited for well, this at least it's previous to the full clothing coming out. But it, you see him just kind of hanging out there with the underwear on and just checking things out and making his way back and forth through the ride. A, front, front, a bunch of a front of a uh, bunch of children, which is not necessarily the the best. It's suboptimal to do that in, in front of children. Oh my God. Usually, authorities not huge fans of that oh, particular God, gonna break all the stuff. oh my gosh what is going on what a weird weird country okay so eventually he did take the whole thing off um luckily a, a twitter user put an emoji over it but pointed the emoji in the right direction which is positive i will say um first of all a water ride not the place you want to take your clothes off um uh, especially if the water's cold it's not a, not a, you get some you get the shrinkage going on you don't want that but also something called it's a small world 
not the place to disrobe for a male. Um, now, Disney has had a lot of rides that would fit that description. If you want to go on Big Grizzly Mountain, for example, maybe that would fit. Um, maybe uh, Mr. Toad's Wild Ride might be a place you're going to, I mean, a little bit better. Pinocchio's Daring Journey, depending on, on size situation, maybe Pinocchio. Uh, you tell how many lies you had told uh, in that particular ride. Rocket Rods was a ride at Disney. That one is one. But I will say Woody's Roundup Village might be the perfect place to disrobe if you can get there.